The train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, is worse than you were told. Ukraine is worse than you were told. And yes, they're probably going to wind up indicting former President Donald J. Trump. Not good news on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and the Deep State and lets you in the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 352 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Sunday, February 26, 2023. Now, just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. On August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says, Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. All right, big announcement for the future of the Doc Washburn Show. We're looking forward to making the transition to video. We have some really top-of-the-line, high-powered, modern video equipment that has been installed. we got to get a couple of more nuts and bolts in the studio. But what we're really looking for is a couple of young people who can produce the show and have a lot of input into the creative design of the show. If you know a young person who's a conservative, who's trying to break into the television and or podcast world, this would be the perfect opportunity to show what he or she can do. Looking for a couple of interns. Have him or her contact us at our email address, contact at docwashburnshow.com. All right, coming right up, we will present to you the evidence that makes it pretty clear that they do plan to do something outrageous and terrible, and that is to actually indict a former president of the United States. Never been done before, but don't put anything past the Biden Justice Department. Okay, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize sometimes you have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group 
has perfected the online buying process. Just go to RedRiverAuto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online, and if you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental USA, RedRiverAuto.com. You will be glad you did. Always an honor to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. I think if I had not gotten under care for this some years back, I'd probably be in a wheelchair by now. I'm very thankful I found out about this. Let me tell you how it works. First of all, are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? How about dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas bone to get out of alignment. If that happens, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that occurs, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. I had bad migraines year-round. Again, when I got my atlas adjusted, they went away for good. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me, they've helped my wife, they've helped so many people that we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You. Now, by this time, you probably know who Mike Lindell is. And you probably realize he has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of your life. But you may not have heard of his new development, my pillow 2.0. Which one of us in warm weather hasn't turned the pillow over to get to the cool side? I want to see a show of hands there. All right? My pillow 2.0 makes it so you don't have to. It has a brand new temperature regulating technology which keeps you comfortable throughout the night. New fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface temperature for more restful night sleep. Now, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 is developed to provide a cool surface and engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is a fiber, not a finish, so it'll last the life 
of the fabric. It's available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable. There's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Of course, it's made in the USA. My wife and I love our new MyPillow 2.0. We also love the Giza Dream bed sheet. That's right. Giza Dreams bed sheets, you can get them now for as low as $29.98. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Get a set of Giza Dreams sheets for as low as $29.98. Get the new MyPillow 2.0 two-for-one only by using promo code DWS. Right now, a set of pillowcases, just $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as $29.98. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Be sure to use that promo code DWS and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including the brand new My Pillow 2.0 and the My Pillow Giza Dreams sheets. Now I'm wearing my my slippers, my new My Slippers moccasins. Even as we speak, I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, save up to ninety dollars on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins, marked down to just forty nine ninety eight. Again, by using promo code DWS. Now remember. That promo code does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com, where Mike sells all kinds of stuff. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal has a story. Special Counsel's Trump Probe Heats Up. Subtitle. Investigation into January 6th activities and handling of classified documents appears to have reached advanced stages. And this is a three-person deal. It's written by C. Ryan Barber, Sadie Gurman, and Aruna Viswanatha. And here's what they had to say. The special counsel investigating former President Donald Trump appears to have reached the advanced stages of his sweeping inquiry after a flurry of aggressive steps in recent weeks, some of which have set the stage for court fights that could take months to resolve. In recent days, Special Counsel Jack Smith's office asked a federal judge to override Mr. Trump's assertion of executive privilege to shield former Vice President Mike Pence from testifying before a grand jury about the former president's efforts to stay in office after his 2020 election loss, according to people familiar with the effort. Well, see, I take issue. I really do. I take issue with a premise here. Because I'm one of the millions of Americans who don't think he lost the election. So, by that, in that regard, I don't think he was making efforts to try to stay in office despite a loss. 
I think he was trying to prove that it was stolen from him. But I digress. Mr. Pence has vowed to mount his own challenge to the subpoena and take it as far as the Supreme Court. Mr. Pence's subpoena followed a similar demand for former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to produce documents and testify before a grand jury as part of the investigation into efforts to keep Mr. Trump in power. No, I think it's actually, if I may, an investigation into efforts to try to figure out how to prosecute Mr. Trump. That's what this is about. But once again, I digress. Wall Street Journal says, just as he did with Mr. Pence, Mr. Trump has asserted executive privilege with Mr. Meadows in connection with his subpoena. Randall Eliason, a former public corruption prosecutor who now teaches criminal law at George Washington University, says, in a typical case, these top-level inner circle people are some of the last people you'd expect to be subpoenaed. You don't talk to them at the beginning of the investigation because you don't know enough yet. Just looking at that, when I see subpoenas to the highest level inner circle people, that makes me think they're close to wrapping up. A spokesman for the special counsel's office declined to comment. A spokesman for Mr. Trump didn't respond to a request for comment. It isn't clear when or even whether the special counsel's activity will result in indictments. Even if no charges are brought, Mr. Smith is expected to outline his findings in a final report. Questions directed at some of those testifying have been wide-ranging, leading some of them to come away thinking Mr. Smith's team was more interested in gathering details for a report rather than for any specific indictment. At least, that's according to people familiar with the questioning. The frenzy of subpoenas comes as Judge Beryl Howells, seven-year term as chief judge of the D.C. District Court, enters his last month. In that post, she has presided over all grand jury matters in Washington and repeatedly ruled for the Justice Department in closed-door disputes with Mr. Trump over executive privilege. Judge James Boesberg, a Barack Obama appointee confirmed in 2011, is set to succeed Judge Howell in the role next month. Beyond his scrutiny of Mr. Trump's efforts to cling to power, Mr. Smith is separately examining the handling of classified records at the former president's estate in South Florida, Mar-a-Lago. Now, last month, at least three lawyers for Mr. Trump appeared before a grand jury in the investigation into the cache of classified documents kept at the residence. Okay, again, again, I have to beg to differ with the narrative here. How do they know there were any classified documents kept at Mar-a-Lago? There were documents marked classified. But I have to keep going back to Mike Davis. Mike Davis, uh, former law clerk for Justice Gorsuch, former chief counsel for the Senate Judiciary Committee in charge of confirming federal judges, worked for Senator Chuck Grassley. He reminds us, constitutionally, a president of the United States can declassify anything he wants to, and the Constitution doesn't stipulate any sort of procedure 
for how to declassify. Okay? So, when I see a sentence in the Wall Street Journal, which says, last month at least three lawyers for Mr. Trump appeared before a grand jury in the investigation into the cache of classified documents kept to the residence. I'm sitting here going, is that your ignorance on display? Why are you asserting this when you really don't know? And maybe it's because they really don't know. Anyway, among these attorneys for Mr. Trump who appeared before a grand jury was a gentleman named Evan Corcoran, a lawyer who handled Mr. Trump's responses to government requests for the return of documents from his presidency. A lawyer for Mr. Trump, Timothy Parlator, said, the only reason to focus on the lawyers is where you don't have a solid underlying case. Ahead of his grand jury appearance in January, Mr. Corcoran retained a lawyer himself, Michael Levy, who previously represented current and former Enron executives during the investigation into that company's collapse. Messrs. Corcoran and Levy worked together in the 90s as federal prosecutors in Washington. After Mr. Corcoran cited attorney-client privilege in declining to answer some questions before the grand jury, prosecutors asked Judge Howell to invoke the crime-fraud exception to bypass that privilege and extract more testimony. The exception applies in instances where there's reason to believe legal advice has been used and furtherance of a crime. The move to invoke the crime-fraud exception suggests that federal prosecutors suspect that Mr. Trump or his allies used Mr. Corcoran's services in such a way. Again, I've got to push back against the narrative here. I think the move by federal prosecutors to invoke the crime-fraud exception in an attempt to force attorneys to testify and violate attorney-client privilege has more to do with the political persecution of enemies of the current regime. I think it has more to do with their hoping that they will be able to get away with something they know is clearly unconstitutional. But I digress. Mr. Corcoran's grand jury testimony followed an appearance by another Trump lawyer, Christina Bob who signed a statement in June attesting that all documents requested by a subpoena to the former president had been turned over to the Justice Department. Two months after that sworn statement on August 8th, a court-authorized FBI search uncovered a trove of additional materials bearing classified markings. Aha! Again! Just because they bear the classified markings doesn't mean that Trump didn't declassify them on the way out the door. But they don't want to talk about that, do they? The Wall Street Journal is not really supposed to be that left-leaning publication. But maybe these people who wrote the article just don't have the intellectual curiosity. Maybe they're like normal people and don't do this 24-7. Unlike someone we both know. Speaking, present, and accounted for, sir. In an autumn interview with federal investigators, Ms. Bob said Mr. Corcoran 
assured her that he conducted a thorough search of Mar-a-Lago before he asked her to certify that all records requested by a subpoena had been returned. That was reported by the Wall Street Journal. Well, at this point, I got to go over to Hans Monkey on Twitter. This is a gentleman who writes at the EpochTimes.com. And he said, quoting the part of the article, Ms. Bob said Mr. Corcoran assured her that he conducted a thorough search of Mar-a-Lago before he asked her to certify that all records requested by a subpoena had been returned. Hans Monkey says, if you cut out all the witch hunt noise, this is what's left. Why didn't Corcoran sign it himself? Now, that's a good question. And I'm stunned that the Wall Street Journal didn't ask it. But again, they have a narrative to push. Another Trump lawyer, Alina Haba, appeared before the grand jury last month. Federal investigators have also interviewed Jesse Benal, a lawyer who has represented the Trump campaign and defended the former president against civil lawsuits, alleging that he helped incite the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. And, you know, it was, again, got to push back on the narrative. It was not an attack on the Capitol. It was the police and embedded Antifa people attacking peaceful protesters. And the video is coming out. Oh, yes, it's coming out. And that's why a lot of us are going to be watching Tucker Carlson this coming week. Because he's been given access and he's got a large staff going over all of it. Needless to say, Ms. Mr. Bernal and Ms. Haba declined to comment. Ms. Bob didn't respond to a request for comment. Prosecutors have asked about the role of one of the former president's lawyers, Boris Epstein, in the Mar-a-Lago investigation, with questions suggesting an interest in whether he sought to influence witness testimony, according to people familiar with the investigation. In their questioning, prosecutors have inquired specifically about Mr. Epstein's discussions around forming what is known as a common interest privilege among those involved in the investigation. A lawyer for Mr. Epstein, of course, declined to comment. The privilege, which is akin to a joint defense agreement, is intended to allow for confidential communications among lawyers and their clients in investigations involving multiple witnesses. In pursuing testimony from lawyers, Mr. Smith's team stepped into delicate territory, what I tell you, rife with questions about attorney-client privilege, what I tell you, a move that suggests his office exhausted other investigative avenues, according to former prosecutors. No, it couldn't possibly suggest that they're trying to pull out all the stops and break all the laws they can in this prosecution because this is all about a political witch hunt. Oh, no, no, no. Former prosecutors, whatever former prosecutors Wall Street Journal talked to are like, oh, no, 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 they're, they're doing it above board. You know, they wouldn't. Pull a fast one. Oh, they wouldn't. Joe Biden wouldn't pull a fast one. Mr. Eliason said, that's not stuff you do lightly. It's a serious step. It's going to be time-consuming. It's not something you do if you think 
this case isn't going anywhere. And see, that kind of talk makes you think, by hook or by crook, even without a case, they're scrambling to try to figure out how to indict Donald Trump. That's it. Now, we want to talk about how you haven't really been told the truth about the poisoning from the train derailment on the Ohio-Pennsylvania state line, and you haven't really been told the truth, for that matter, about Ukraine and what's going on over there. So that is all coming up as the Doc Washburn Show continues to unfold before your eyes and ears today on Sunday, February 26, 2023. Now, have you heard that AT&T recently lost billions of dollars in the stock market? Want to know why? I wonder if it has something to do with the fact they own this satellite organization called DirecTV, and DirecTV not bad enough they got rid of one American news last year. They recently dumped Newsmax with no warning, and people are like, okay, I'm done with DirecTV. Oh, they're owned by AT&T? Okay, I'm done with AT&T. Yeah, no, I'm getting out of my cell phone contract, right? So if you want to get out of your cell phone contract with one of these big liberal cell phone companies like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, I got a perfect, perfect opportunity for you here. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and now more than ever, it is important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use, and they have a coverage guarantee. So you're set. You're covered. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. I know I'm a multi-line user, and I am saving money big time from Patriot Mobile. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of big mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatreonMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC. That's D-O-C for free activation. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Call them today at 972-PATRIOT. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? I've got five profound benefits of investing in precious metals. Number one, 
It's a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. Last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Michael Flynn. By the way, Beverly Hills Precious Metals has a new Michael Flynn silver coin. It sounds like hotcakes. We are so glad we did find out about these folks. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. That stands for Beverly Hills and Precious Metals. bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Whatever search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Be sure to let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investment. bh-pm.com or just do an internet search for Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Tell them Doc Washburn sent you. I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? Well, what can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created. With regular folks like you and me in mind, one of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of patron influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to steal and destroy our country. We're done with a woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made-in-America, 
The website, again, switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Each of us can choose to take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. Now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. It's raised in the mountains of Montana near Yellowstone, and this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When asked how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. SwitchToAmerica.com. All right, so the train derailment in Chemical Burn in East Palestine, Ohio, much worse than we're being told. Also, what's going on in Ukraine? Much worse than what we're being told. Let me start off here. Michael Snyder over at Discern Report, D-I-S-C-E-R-N. Discern Report. Now, this is from a few days ago. It's an article entitled, The Poisoning of Eastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania is Much Worse than we are being told. The true horror of what just happened in East Palestine, Ohio, is starting to become clear, but federal, state, and local officials continue to insist that everything is just fine. So even though local residents have been throwing up blood and developing weird rashes on their skin, Everyone's being told it's perfectly safe to return to their homes. It's perfectly safe to drink the water. This should make all of us extremely angry because so many of these people are going to get sick. So many of them are going to die. Look, the truth should be obvious to everyone at this stage. Even CNN is admitting that local residents have developed rashes, sore throats, nausea, and headaches after returning to their homes this week. Now, again, this article is from Tuesday, February 21st. CNN says some residents of East Palestine, Ohio, say they have developed rashes, sore throats, nausea, and headaches after returning to their homes this week, and they're worried these new symptoms are related to chemicals released after a train derailment two weeks ago. The February 3rd incident caused a massive fire and prompted officials to evacuate hundreds of people who lived near the site because of fears that a hazardous, highly flammable material might ignite. To prevent a potentially deadly explosion, toxic vinyl chloride gas was vented and burned, releasing a plume of black smoke over the town for days. Now, Michael Snyder here says, please note that these local residents did not develop these symptoms before they evacuated. According to CNN, these symptoms developed after they returned to their homes. And those local residents only returned to their homes because authorities told them it was safe to do so. Now, when the decision was made to burn the vinyl chloride, officials knew 
that it would release enormous amounts of phosgene gas into the air. And when he says that, he has a link. He has a link to the blaze, the blaze.com, Glenn Beck's outfit. An article over there by Joseph McKinnon entitled Smiling Norfolk Southern CEO Defends Controversial Decision Claims Breach of Rail Cars and Dispersal of Trench Warfare Gas in Ohio Was the Right Move. Goodness sakes. So they've got a quote here. The quote is from WKBN Television in Youngstown, Ohio, the closest TV market to East Palestine, Ohio. Burning vinyl chloride, as the railroad company ultimately did, turns it into hydrogen chloride and phosgene gas, the, the latter of which was used as a weapon of mass slaughter in World War I. Concerning the release, Silverado Cagliano, a hazardous materials specialist, told WKBN-TV, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. Now, I think I've quoted this guy before. But Snyder continues the article here. He says, The air, soil, and water in much of eastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania have been poisoned, and they will continue to remain poisoned for the foreseeable future. But well, the CEO of Norfolk Southern insists that burning the vinyl chloride was the right move. Unbelievable. Linking again to the, uh, the blaze there. Here's the quote. Shaw claimed that the decision to destroy the five derailed train cars and release a column of black toxic smoke into the air above the village on February 6th, just three days after the, uh, the train wreck, was the right one, a claim he reiterated on Sunday, telling the Daily Mail, the UK Daily Mail, with a smile that it was the right move. According to the Norfolk Southern CEO, the terrifying plume of toxic smoke resulted from the controlled release, and that signaled success. And so if this was the right move, I would hate to see what the wrong move would have looked like. So many local residents have been developing really weird rashes lately. In fact, the national news network, News Nation, just interviewed one woman that developed multiple rashes on her body after showering in East Palestine water that is supposedly safe. So it really is outrageous what's going on here. And they have embedded, they have embedded in this article at discernreport.com a report from News Nation. And it's all about the Eastern Palestine derailment. And I think it would behoove me to share it with you. FEMA is now sending a team to East Palestine, Ohio, and this comes more than two weeks after the train derailment threatened the small town. Government Mike, Governor rather Mike DeWine came under criticism for not requesting federal aid sooner, and then his office criticized FEMA over allegations FEMA was not stepping up to help. 
Meantime, there are new reports that former President Trump will be visiting East Palestine on Wednesday. Trump is expected to meet with community members. And now word that Aaron Brockovich will also be in East Palestine for a town hall meeting. News Nation was the first network to speak with her after the disaster. The conditions are so bad that one woman who News Nation has been in contact with has rashes on her body after showering. Let's get to News Nation's Rich McHugh live on the ground in East Palestine. In East Palestine, excuse me. And Rich, you spoke with a couple who's already having some negative health effects. Hey, good evening, Natasha. That's right. So the first news is that the CEO of Norfolk Southern was here today, finally after two weeks, showed up, met with officials in this church behind me, closed closed door meetings, was escorted in and out by police, but was overheard telling someone he is here in support. The people we're speaking to don't buy it. For instance, they say that the threat, the health threat is real here, real time. One woman, one couple we spoke to went back to their house. We'd interviewed them earlier in the week. They went back to their house today for 30 minutes and had some crazy health effects. Take a look. So we were in the kennel this morning, um, picking up some supplies. We left. I went home to take it to, well, home. I went back to the place where we were being evacuated. Caitlin Schwartzwelder and her boyfriend, Chris, after being evacuated, came back home today. But she says she broke out in a rash almost instantly. I undressed to get into the shower, and I had a rash all over the side of my face, on both sides, and all over my chest. Take a look at these photos of her this morning after coming back on her property. The rash all over her face, neck, and chest. My boyfriend, Chris, also had a rash down his left side. And, I mean, to to this moment, right now, I have just a a really low-grade, constant headache. They live nearly a mile from the derailment where Norfolk Southern released the toxins into the air two weeks ago. But their issues clearly persist. But with FINA finally coming and with all the focus directed at East Palestine, these folks say they're forgotten because they live just over the state line in Pennsylvania. It feels like nobody gives a damn beyond us. They, too, were forced to evacuate. And what if we couldn't afford to do any of this? My wife is uh, 30, 38, 37 weeks pregnant this Friday, and she's going to be induced. And uh, it's all a little scary because we can't drink the water, unable to get our water tested because we're not a priority as of now. So don't know what my newborn son is going to come home to. John and Julie Kent fear the future of their horse sanctuary could be in jeopardy. There was flames roughly a couple hundred feet into the sky. There was a, a black smoke cloud and it was going over the horses. I would say that it was probably like no more than 10 feet above their head. In the photos, you can see the toxic smoke flowing over their horses. They worry if they'll survive. The horses and, and myself and anybody that was here really in this general vicinity was exposed. And while the governor of Ohio and others have said repeatedly the air and water is safe it's clear that some of the toxins have taken hold a couple miles outside of town this is leslie run i've heard this is happening i didn't quite believe it but watch this so when you you stick your stick this stick in the water all the chemicals come to the surface in like rainbows it's quite alarming News Nation has asked Norfolk Southern CEO for an interview repeatedly, and we've sent a producer to their headquarters with no luck. How does this whole experience feel for you? Um, that money matters more than humanity. Truly. 
Now, the, the police presence here has already stepped up just in the past 24 hours. FEMA is apparently going to be here tomorrow. Trump is coming midweek. So clearly things are ratcheting up. Uh, Natasha, back to you. Thank you for watching. Go to NewsNationNow.com to find NewsNation on your television provider. And don't forget to click the red subscribe button below to get more of NewsNation's fact-driven, unbiased coverage. So, Snyder, the guy doing the article over Discern Report, Mike Snyder, who embedded this video in his article, says, does watching that footage anger you? Well, it should. Tucker Carlson interviewed another resident of East Palestine, Ohio, who said he has, quote, a chemical burn on my face, unquote. This is just outrageous. And he has a tweet embedded from Jesse Waters, the guy who comes on Fox before Tucker. Tucker Carlson interviews East Palestine, Ohio resident Nathan Izotic. I have chemical burn on my face, Tucker. The Ohio River Tucker interview. Nitric acid truck overturned in Arizona. See my other tweet. But don't worry. Snyder says, don't worry. Authorities are telling us this is perfectly normal. Yes, another local resident says that he was literally throwing up blood after evacuating from East Palestine. And this links to the Daily Mail article, UK Daily Mail. A little quote there. Nathan continued, I woke up about 6 a.m. after the night we evacuated, and I was on the verge of calling the ER. I was coughing up blood. All I could think of was to strip down and cool myself off and go outside to get some relief. I was hot all over. I was very tired. It was until Thursday or Friday that week until I started to feel some relief. Coming back here now, though, my lips are starting to get tingly again, and I feel a scratch in my throat, and I'm getting headaches. So many others have reported similar symptoms. What we're witnessing is a cover-up of epic proportions. And the officials that are participating in this cover-up should be held accountable. But I doubt that will ever happen. Now, the part where it says cover-up of epic proportions actually links to an article from something called themostimportantnews.com, which you might want to take a look at. He says, I doubt that will ever happen. It isn't just adults that are being affected. Children that are being brought back to their homes in East Palestine are also quickly developing extremely alarming symptoms once they return. And at this point, he links to a CNN article. East Palestine residents worry rashes, headaches, and other symptoms may be tied to chemicals from train crash. So even CNN is covering this. If you can imagine that. I mean, mark your calendars, because CNN is usually down for whatever the administration is saying. But let's, uh, let's check this out. 
Our confusion and uncertainty in East Palestine, Ohio, after the toxic train derailment. Is the water safe to drink? Is the air okay to breathe? Moments ago, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine announced that the water in East Palestine is safe to drink after new tests detected no contaminants. But property owners with private wells are encouraged to keep drinking bottled water until their wells are tested. We've also just learned that the soil at the derailment site has not been removed by the rail company yet. Experts say removal is key to cleanup because the soil acts almost like a sponge, soaking up the toxic chemicals and then releasing them into the soil and the air and the water over time. Now, this was February 17th. This was two whole weeks after the train derailment. And it goes on for another four and a half minutes. Even CNN is reporting this stuff. This is amazing. Here's a quote. Ayla and Tyler Antoniazzi and their two daughters have been living in East Palestine since April. After the train crash, they weren't sure about moving out, Ayla says, but they're now considering it. The and Antoniazzi's returned to their house less than a mile from the accident site the day after the evacuation notice was lifted. Ayla said, before bringing my kids back home, I washed all the linen and a bunch of clothes, cleaned surfaces, and aired the house out. But the next day, when they woke up, they weren't themselves. My oldest had a rash on her face. The youngest did too, but not as bad. The two-year-old was holding her eye and complaining that her eye was hurting. She was very lethargic, so I took them back to my parents' home. The officials that told them that it was safe to return to their homes should be completely and utterly ashamed of themselves. Do they actually expect anyone to trust them after this? Before I end this article, there are three really odd, quote, coincidences, unquote, that I wanted to mention. First, I think it's very strange the residents of East Palestine, quote, were urged to sign up and pick up a My ID device, unquote, just days before the train derailed. And that's linking to an article from the World Net Daily, and here's the quote from that article. In October, the East Palestine Fire Department announced it would be using the My ID service to allow residents to have health information stored and available to fire responders, according to the Morning Journal. In late January, residents were urged to sign up and pick up a My ID, My ID device, according to WKBN-TV. The fire department promoted a sign-up that was held on January 29th, only a few days before the February 3rd derailment that changed East Palestine forever. Secondly, uh, an 18-inch pipe bomb was just found on train tracks in Pennsylvania. That links to the Zero Hedge website. Here's the quote. An 18-inch pipe bomb was discovered behind a church in the Holmesburg section of northeast Philadelphia. The bomb was found on Sunday afternoon behind St. Dominic's Catholic Church in the 8500 block of Frankfurt Avenue, according to reports by Fox 29. One Twitter account of the location of the bomb pinned it to train tracks behind the church. The bomb was uh, near the Conrail Railroad tracks in Philadelphia's Holmesburg section. Okay, were any of the 
major train derailments that we have seen in recent weeks caused by similar devices. Thirdly, last week was absolutely massive fire which erupted at one of the largest chemical plants in Europe. And that links to the big news website, DW.com. Article entitled, Italy, Major Fire, Injuries at Chemical Plant Outside Milan. And here's the quote from that. More than 100 emergency workers had finally made some headway on a massive fire at an industrial compound outside Milan late on Wednesday, according to Italian media. However, several workers were badly injured. Thousands of liters of chemicals are still burning. The local fire was the local fire chief was quoted as saying to Italian daily Corriere della Sera, the situation is quite complex due to the nature of the material, which is liquid solvents in large quantities. The fire broke out early in the morning in the town of San Giuliano, Milanese, southeast of Milan, at the Nitrochemica Company, which deals with solvent recovery and hazardous waste disposal. So Snyder here in the article says, perhaps there's no connection between any of these three so-called coincidences and the disaster that just occurred in East Palestine. But in this day and age, it pays to be observant. We live in very strange times, and they'll soon get a lot stranger. If you live anywhere in eastern Ohio or western Pennsylvania, I would very much encourage you to consider leaving. I know that's not easy to start fresh somewhere else, but it's certainly a better choice than to get sick and slowly die. Wow. That is Michael Snyder over at discernreport.com. And... At Substack, we have the great Technofog article entitled Caught Between Toxic Clouds and Contaminated Ground. And this is from February 21st. Again, Tuesday, February 21st. And he says, Yesterday, as residents of East Palestine, Ohio, continued to suffer, Joe Biden made a public relations stop in Kiev, Ukraine. Dealing with dismal public approval ratings near the lowest of his presidency, Biden knew what his Ukraine trip would produce. Photo ops conveying resolve, a change in the conversation, and praise from his friends in the media. The New York Times fawned over Biden's visit. Meant for normal Ukrainians, CNN gushed that Biden has no shortage of courage. On social media, some members of the press raved that Biden and Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky bravely walked through the, streets, through the streets of Kiev as air raid sirens sounded. State visits usually don't have a soundtrack, but this one did. Zelensky knows how to put on a show in spite of the obvious. There was no air raid and no need for the sirens. WWE ring entrances are more authentic. At least the wrestlers admit to playing pretend. And there they have embedded a tweet from from reporter Simon Ostrovsky, and he says, Biden and Zelensky strolling through Kiev all nonchalant with air raid sirens droning in the background. Thankfully, one reporter on CNN, no less, was kind enough to provide context on the sirens. 
Yeah, let's uh, let's let's check this out. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. That is CNN's Alex Marquardt doing what the late great Rush Limbaugh would call a random act of journalism. Been there for five days, hasn't heard any air raid sirens until Biden walks into the city square with uh, Zelensky. And clearly nothing's blowing up. Technofog continues Biden's visit to Kiev, a place where life somewhat continues as normal, was made possible by strict U.S. and Ukrainian security. Not that it was particularly risky. Moscow knew about Biden's trip. Kiev wasn't otherwise under heavy bombardment. His pilgrimage follows in the footsteps of luminaries like Sean Penn, Jessica Chastain, Ben Stiller, and Joffrey from the Game of Thrones. He's almost a year too late to hear Bono and The Edge perform an acoustic set at the Metro in Kiev. Is that courage to go to a city where your safety is guaranteed and the result is only political upside? What about visiting a town where you might be confronted with your failures? and addressed by Americans caught between clouds of toxic gas and contaminated ground. Going to East Palestine, now that, that would take some courage. But he says, I follow those questions with another question. What does environmental equity look like? The answer is East Palestine, Ohio. Last week, Biden signed an executive order empowering federal agencies to advance what he calls environmental justice and to transfer federal investments to historically disadvantaged communities. This is merely the continuation of Biden's focus on environmental equity, something his administration has labeled as the most ambitious environmental justice agenda ever undertaken by an American president. Federal agencies across the executive branch have been given the task of launching or strengthening their so-called equity and justice offices, tax forces, strategies, and policies. Equity has its winners and it has its losers. It's political calculation based on special interests and constituencies and influence. Those we might call the deciders under this administration, they are those who consider you to be their political adversary. They are looking you up and down, assessing who you are, where you come from, and making their decision accordingly. After years of increasingly hostile sentiment to their fellow Americans, you can't help but think that the losers in the equity game are chosen with pleasure. To them, it is justice delayed. The collective guilty getting their punishment of withheld federal funds and a tepid federal response to a very real environmental crisis that may take decades to be remedied. If there was any region deserving of environmental justice, or any justice really, You'd have to think it would be this part of eastern Ohio, just 30 minutes south of the once-thriving Youngstown, Ohio. Incomes are below the national average. Manufacturing isn't what it once was, thanks to federal policies. The residents will get by. Of that, there's no question. Their predecessors farmed and bootlegged and picked coal and clay out out of the ground by the ton. They may not be able to move, not having a buyer for their toxic homes, but they'll get by. Not that they can expect much help. Okay? 
So we've got another embedded tweet here with a short video uh, with a lady named Debbie who lives within a mile of the train derailment. Says while she and her partner evacuated during the blast, she says she has received not a single follow-up or test even though their neighbor's house was declared uninhabitable due to chemical levels. Check it out. Were you guys within the one-mile radius? Yes. Um, so you were evacuated? This is, yes. We and left on Friday night. We came back the following Friday. Has anyone tested your home yet? No. What our long-term effects are going to be? I have no idea And that. But, you know, due diligence was not done for the people here in this town. Nobody has come individually home to home, and that should have been done. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we deserve more than that. These people deserve more than that. Mm-hmm. Why are we having to make the phone calls? Why do we have to contact everybody you made a, an, an evacuation zone, you should be hitting every one of those homes and then spreading your way out. They haven't. We shouldn't have to. No, nobody's been knocking on our door. No literature has been sent. You know, nobody has stuck anything on our porch. Mm-hmm. You have to be a squeaky wheel to get anything done. And that's not right. Right there at the end, she was drowned out by the uh, the train. She said, you have to be the squeaky wheel to get things done. And that's not right. That's very sad. It's very scary. Technofog continues. The Substack article says, expectations are low because they understand history and priorities. There are no lobbyists for small towns. There are no sweetheart deals for small towns. Those doors don't revolve. They are nailed shut. Pete Buttigieg won't be leaving the Department of Transportation for the East Palestine City Council. There are no East Palestine, Palestine trade deals or multi-billion dollar aid packages announced on the front pages. There are no photo ops with King Joffrey. Bono and the Edge won't be playing with or without you in front of the East Palestine Municipal Building. And there are certainly no visits from Biden. What's the message he's sending? It and they are not worth the trouble or the risk. Now, I'll just say this uh, about um, Biden and Zelensky walking through the uh, the town square there, the city square of the capital of Ukraine, Kiev or Kiev, however you want to pronounce it. If those air raids had been for real, Secret Service would have gotten him out of there. The fact that they didn't even flinch means it was all for show. All for show. All right, next, this is some crazy stuff here. This is the uh, sub-stack from And Magazine, A&D Magazine. Sam Faddis wrote this one. It's called, We Will Be Lucky to Live Through the Biden Presidency. He says, you may choose to believe that Joe Biden is simply the most incompetent president in American history. You may choose to consider that a guy who has taken tens of millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party might be playing for the other team. What you must accept, if you are awake and lucid, is that our nation is in the greatest peril that it has been since 1941. And he has an embedded tweet from a guy named Antonio Sabato Jr. It says, breaking, 
Russian Navy has placed its nuclear submarines on a high state of combat readiness. Putin also moved its strategic bombers to an airbase closer to Ukraine and conduct a large-scale nuclear exercise next week during Biden's visit to Poland. Let's see if we got anything on here. Uh, we have an embedded tweet with a video in it. Okay, so we see the liftoff of, of missiles. And that goes on for like a minute and 13 seconds. Doesn't look like there's going to be any uh, any verbiage, anybody talking. So the writer, Sam Faddis, continues, Vladimir Putin just opted out of the last remaining nuclear arms control treaty that exists between his nation and ours. Russian ballistic nuclear submarines have also been put on alert. Putin is talking in terms of deploying new types of nuclear weapons. Oh, my goodness. Okay, they they have another video embedded here. Okay, same thing. Putin is explicit in tying his actions to American support for Ukraine. Here's the quote from Reuters. He said in announcing the Russian withdrawal from the START nuclear weapons treaty, which they've been a signatory to for over 50 years, he said they intend to transform a local conflict into a phase of global confrontation. This is exactly how we understand it all, and we will react accordingly because in this case, We're talking about the existence of our country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we are, because I'm hearing American politicians talk about how we got to go in there and uh, and depose uh, Putin. How's that supposed to work? He's got nukes. What's the name of that guy? The um, the senator from, from Tennessee on Fox News the other day. Wicker. Republican senator now, Roger Wicker, Mississippi, talking about how things will be after we defeat Putin. How are you going to defeat a guy who has nukes? Seriously? Anyway, article continues here. Sam Faddis on the Substack for AND Magazine. Our response to all this has been for Biden to travel to Ukraine and effectively write the Ukrainian government a blank check for endless support. We have just announced yet another massive aid package to Kiev. Putin is in a corner. His conventional forces have been shredded. His nuclear weapons look increasingly like his last best hope. And we keep upping the ante. Oh, my goodness. Okay, another embedded tweet here. This is from the France 24 TV station in English says, during his surprise visit to Kiev on Monday, Joe Biden said Washington would provide Ukraine with a new military aid package worth $500 million. Biden said the U.S. would remain with Ukraine as long as it takes. Okay, China's top diplomat is in Moscow for discussions with Russians. A worldwide China-Russia military alliance appears to be, uh, appears to be in the offing. 
there's significant concern about possible Chinese military support to Moscow in Ukraine. A visit to Russia by Chinese leader Xi Jinping is planned. Oh, that's just great. Ukrainian President Zelensky never wanted to miss an opportunity to pour fuel on the fire, has opined that World War III is about to begin. Well, you know what? Hey, I had General Michael Flynn on the other day. I interviewed him. And he said we're already in World War III. Do you hear about that? Anybody else tell you that? I mean, you might really want to go back and listen to episode 342, my interview with General Mike Flynn, because you never heard him talk before like he talked on the interview with me on episode 342. I'm just saying. For that matter, you might want to go back and check out episode 312, which is the most downloaded episode we've done in almost four months called When the Conspiracy Theories Come True. Episode 312. Now, i got a couple more for you. You might want to check out episode 348. Do you ever get the feeling they're trying to kill as many of us as possible? From the pandemic to trying to start World War III to setting fire to all kinds of deadly chemicals that have now gone hundreds of miles away from the train derailment in Ohio. You might just want to check out episode 348. i got two more. Episode 350, they wanted us to believe Clinton advisor Mark Middleton shot himself without a gun. Last but not least, episode 351, the great Robert Spencer tells us how the left is trying to foment a civil war. You know, we try to bring the hidden things to light here on the Doc Washburn Show. Let me get back to this article here. Ukrainian President... Zelensky never wanted to miss an opportunity to pour fuel on the fire as opined that World War III is about to begin. And here's what he told the German daily newspaper Die Welt. He says, for us, it is important that China does not support the Russian Federation in this war. He said, in fact, I would like it to be on our side. At the moment, however, I don't think it's possible. He says, but I do see an opportunity for China to make a pragmatic assessment of what's happening here. Because if China allies itself with Russia, there will be a world war, and I do think that China is aware of that. Yeah, but that's what you want, isn't it, Volodymyr? Then, the embedded tweet from Gordon Chang, who is a frequent guest on the Tucker Carlson show. He says, Iran is enriching uranium To near weapons grade, China has surreptitiously aided Tehran's nuclear weapons program for decades, but no U.S. president has imposed costs on Beijing for doing so. Instead, they just watch the Chinese arm the Iranians. Now, just to make sure no one thought Zelensky was going out on his own, the American ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, added her own commentary when she said, If there are any thoughts and efforts by the Chinese and others to provide lethal support to the Russians in their brutal attack against Ukraine, that is unacceptable. That will be a red line. Oh, like like Barack Obama's red lines he never did anything about, Linda? Is that the kind of red line you're talking about? Another embedded tweet here in this article from Jim Garrity over National Review. It says, Now U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, 
says China providing any lethal aid to Russia will be a red line. If you have memories of the Obama administration, that term makes you cringe. Well, that's what I was just saying. It doesn't mean anything. Sam Fattis, the uh, author of the article, continues, the Iranians are reported to have now enriched uranium to 84% highly enriched uranium. It is commonly accepted that an HEU level of 90% is sufficient to make an atomic bomb. Without getting lost the technical details of the enrichment process, the amount of time it will take the Iranians to go from 84% to 90% is negligible. This could happen within a matter of weeks. Assuming the Iranians have resolved the engineering issues involved with the assembly of an atomic bomb, which they almost certainly have, once Tehran has the HEU, highly enriched uranium, that it needs, it has the bomb. More likely, it has a bunch of bombs and warheads. The Iranians have already, they already have the missiles with which to deliver these warheads. A nuclear-armed Iran means war in the Middle East. Israel will never consider coexistence with ayatollahs in possession of nuclear weapons. An Israeli attack could, in fact, come at any time in an effort to stop Tehran from completing the enrichment process. Can you blame them? I don't. By the way, the Taliban have released photos of their new special operations units showing them armed to the teeth with weapons left behind in Afghanistan by the Biden administration when it cut and ran from Kabul. In Pakistan, the Pakistani Taliban, with support from the Islamic Emirate in Afghanistan, have begun an effort to destroy the security services and topple the government in Islamabad, capital of Pakistan. At stake are the 200 or so nuclear weapons the Pakistanis possess. Oh, my goodness. And he has the uh, embedded tweet here from something called War Noir. Afghanistan. Taliban has recently released a new video of their special units military training. The unit seemingly uses large quantity USA and NATO weapons vehicles including M4A1 carbines with optics and ATPIALs, MK-19 grenade launcher, and M240 and M249 machine guns. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good, you know. So he has embedded here another article from AND Magazine called The War for Pakistan Has Begun. He has embedded here from Pakistan Untold, an 11-second video news report. I think you want to hear this. Well, I thought you were going to hear that. I didn't realize it was not going to be in English. Pakistan and its YouTubers, Karachi Police Headquarters, attacked by Taliban, Many policemen reported killed, many taken hostage. Karachi is a big city in Pakistan. So the article wraps up by saying we're stumbling toward the prospect of global war and the widespread use of nuclear weapons. For the first time since the end of the Cold War, we're facing the prospect of attacks in the United States and its allies with atomic bombs. 
The Biden administration keeps racing headlong down this disastrous path with apparently no thought to the danger. We're either witnessing the most breathtaking display of incompetence in American history or very deliberate actions meant to lead to our downfall. Either way, unless somebody steps in and forces a change, of course, we are headed for the rocks. We'll be lucky to live through this administration. Hey, look, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, okay? Uh, I don't enjoy this. I have, well, between my wife and me, we have eight grown children, okay? And grandchildren. We got a lot of them. No, no, I would have to, uh, I would have to stop and, and, I'll count them if you want. Let's see. Those two. And those two. And those two. Yeah, eight grandchildren, too. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. No, we're not like the Bidens. We count everybody. So that article, that's called We Will Be Lucky to Live Through the Biden Presidency. It is over the substack for something called And Magazine, A-N-D written by Sam Fattis. Sam Fattis, I thought, I just thought I should share it with you. That's crazy. Oh, Mike Snyder, the guy I shared the Discern Report article from earlier, he's got a newer one out entitled, Food Industry Insider Warns of Contaminated Crops as a Result of the East Palestine Environmental Disaster. You might want to go to discernreport.com and check that out. We also have Daniel Greenfield over at frontpagemag.com, article entitled Systemic Racism in East Palestine. Subtitled White Privilege Means Poisoned Water and Air. I think you can understand where that's coming from, right? Also, I would recommend to you John Hawkins. Now, this looks like a substack, but it's actually culturesidal.com, spelled C-U-L-T-U-R-C-I-D-A-L, culturesidal. They leave the E out, culturesidal.com. And the article is entitled, Seven Questions Everyone Should Be Asking About Ukraine. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'll read you the seven questions. Number one. What's the end game? Number two, how much money are we willing to put into Ukraine? Number three, when does support for the war start to crater in the United States? Number four, how much of our money is being stolen? Number five, what are our strategic objectives at this point? Number six, what happens if Ukraine loses? And number seven, are we willing to consider a peace treaty? This is important stuff. Because, obviously, the regime is trying to get us into a nuclear war. So you might want to take a look at that article, read it, check out the questions and the answers. Maybe talk to your U.S. senators. Maybe talk to your congressman, just on the off chance that you aren't too crazy about the idea of getting into a nuclear war, World War III with nukes. Eh, you know, worth a shot. Oh, also, breaking, uh, this is from... uh, ThePostMillennial.com, Zelensky slams Americans who don't want to give more to Ukraine. Had you heard about this? 
It's not very long. I'll uh, I'll play it for you. Now, don't become dissuaded when he starts speaking in Ukrainian because pretty pretty quickly they have an interpreter into English. Here we go. Polls in the United States are suggesting that a growing number of Americans believe that the U.S. is giving too much support to Ukraine. What would your message be on the anniversary to those Americans? Thank you. I would like to thank the American people. I would like to thank all of the American people that are supporting Ukraine. The Congress, the President, the TV uh, channels, the journalists, and everyone that has been supporting us. And that uh, percentage of uh, Americans, as uh, you've mentioned, is increasing. Uh, I can tell them only one thing. If they do not change their opinion, if they do not understand us, if they do not support Ukraine, they will uh, lose NATO, they will lose uh, the cloud of the United States, they will lose the leadership position that they are joining the world, uh, that they are joined for a very fair reason, and they will lose the support of the country with 40 millions of population, with millions of children. Our American children any different than ours? Don't Americans enjoy this, the same things uh, as we do? I don't think we're that different. So he's threatening us. I mean, should we put up with that? Because I'm kind of leaning towards no. I want to contact your United States senators. I want to contact your... Uh, U.S. congressmen say, hey, we're tired of this. Give me one good reason that we keep on sending them money instead of trying to help things here. You know? They need to hear from you. They need to hear from you. Now, one thing I forgot to mention to you a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Wall Street Journal article about how it looks like this so-called special counsel is trying to get closer and closer to indicting President Trump. The great Hans Monkey over the EpicTimes.com, he commented on a quote from the Wall Street Journal article that said Ms. Bob said Mr. Corcoran assured her that he conducted a thorough search of Mar-a-Lago before he asked her to certify that all records requested by a subpoena had been returned. So Hans Monkey said, if you cut out all the witch hunt noise, this is what's left. Why didn't Corcoran sign it himself? Yeah, inquiring minds. Inquiring minds want to know. So we'll see what happens. That having been said, I think it's time to say hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. 
Today's tweet of the day is a two-parter. First of all, we have Marcus Gordon Anthony, who describes himself, his uh, Twitter profile says, Exodus 15.2, warrior of the Lord, Navy vet, I love everyone, political jokester, dogs are my favorite, rescue a dog, no interest in a relationship. But here is what the tweet says. Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, claims America's First Amendment is bonkers and says he doesn't understand it. Okay, thank you, Marcus Gordon Anthony. The response from a guy who goes by the handle Thunderstruck, the struck part is spelled like Pete Struck's last name, S-T-R-Z-O-K. He responds to Prince Harry, heir to the British throne, saying that he doesn't understand the First Amendment, thinks it's bonkers. Thunderstruck says, to be fair, King George didn't understand Americans' desire for the right to petition government for redress of grievances back in 1775 either. King George thought that was bonkers. hey Good job. Good job, Marcus Gordon-Anthony. Good job, Thunderstruck. And good job, Mitch Ward and the folks at Red River Auto for sponsoring this tweet of the day. You've been listening to episode 352 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier Tenth, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. Bam, that's the way it is. Sunday, February 26th, 2023.